Hello, and thank you for subscribing to the Defining Marriage Podcast. Every week we talk about what's going on with marriage. Hello, James, my beloved partner. You have just finished a fight. You've Did been I? victorious. I have triumphed over a flan, and now I shall eat its flannish flesh. Oh, that's nice. I am a fan of flan. You've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy fifteen. Fifteen. The, the boys gayest are game ever made. Fifteen years old, or let's oh, hope they're no, a few years no, older than a that. A little older. A little older. The homoeroticism you can cut with a with an erect penis. Now, I was trying to describe this game to my friend Chris Frizzell of uh-huh. The Stranger, and yeah. he is an extremely literate man, yes. but does not play video games. Sure. Uh, so no, I, was, I mean, I don't know why that's surprising. Those two things often don't go together i suppose not he was a little baffled sure so i was like it's kind of a road trip with four guys who are like maybe 20 or so Mm -hmm. and they just have their hands on each other's shoulders a lot and they take pictures of each other's abs and And their butts and their their butts butts. oh uh, prompto loves taking pictures of butts Oh. So many butt pictures. Well, that's that's my job. People bending over, people mounting chocobos, people mounting each other. Oh, boy. Chocobos mounting chocobos. Absolutely. It's uh-huh. no, anything goes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch you play. I fell asleep watching you play last night, which oh, was very cozy. sounds like a lot of fun. It, James, I can't imagine anything more wonderful and cozy than cuddling up next to you mm. while you play some Final Fantasy and nodding off to sleep and then waking up to see you uh, on Grinder on my phone. <laughs> That's uh, very similar to our very first interactions. We are seven Final Fantasies away from our first interaction. I suppose that's true. That's Final how Fantasy we measure eight. our love. Yes, in seasons of Final Fantasy, 525,600 experience points. But, yeah, so I've been enjoying watching you play. What have I been playing? I've been playing some more Dragon Age Origins. Mm. That's been pretty good. Sure. And taking a break from that every now and then to go out and, and actually photograph some butts. I you went to an underwear party last night. Went to an underwear party. Did you wear underwear? I did. What kind of underwear? Eh, it's some basic black. Not a jockstrap. Now, I was wondering why no one was there. Oh. It was a bit empty. It was at the Eagle. Usually they can draw a pretty good crowd, but mm-hmm. it was it was the bare bones. And it was... Oh, and not the, not the bare bones. Mm, woof. Woof. Uh, no. And in fact, the like, it was boner. so... It was so not an erotic fantasia. Mm-hmm. Like at one point, so I hurt my back recently, and so I'm sitting downstairs uh, by the by the clothes check, and I'm talking to the clothes check guy about back problems. <laughs> and some other guy joins us, and he's like, "Oh, my sister had scoliosis," and someone is like, "Oh, so did I," and he bends over, and his back has a weird bend to it. And so we're talking about our sciatica. Sure, and, I mean, and we're I mean we're all in our underwear, but still. It was not the fun, sexy time that people might like to fantasize about. Later, yes. we talked about... Uh, was oh, your butt out? My, not that party. There's oh. a singlet party coming up that it probably will be. When is that? The 9th, I think. The oh. ninth, No, 9th is makeup party, 10th is singlet party. I see. Yeah. So, uh, if anybody wants to catch me at the Eagle... Oh, good grief. Mm. James. No, what? There's an M&M on my leg. I see that. You have an M&M stuck to your leg. I thought How it was a tick happen? for a second. Uh, that would be a monstrous tick. Like a candy tick. red tick. Yes. Uh, how did that happen? Beats it's me. stuck to my pant leg. I There's only it. one person in this household who leaves candy lying around. It's not me. You're the one who got the raisins. The, raisins are not candy. Oh, I, tell me about it. Anyway, uh, what's going on with marriage this week? I don't know. 
Uh, well, we've got some more bad news, of course. Yeah. Uh, so after our episode last week, I made a YouTube video running down the 10 worst Trump appointees. Mm. Uh, some of them were people we talked about last week, Betsy yeah. DeVos and some others. Uh, some were some, some, something new has been added. Some what new about faces. Serena Sabak, America's Sexiest Psychic? She, sadly, has not been added uh-huh. to the Trump administration. She will be. I mean, it's only this a matter rate, of time. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, there's one guy, David Clark, uh, who said that marriage equality is going to cause a civil war. Uh-huh. So he's going to be um, appointed, it looks like, to the Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's all great. Okay. Uh, we've got some new news about Betsy DeVos. All right. You might recall her. She was the one uh, who's uh, going to be running the education, the, the Secretary of Education. Why not? Why not? Indeed, she's uh, her big thing is taking money away from schools and <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Secretary of Education, of course, their big thing is taking money away from schools, from public schools to give them to private schools. Right. So basically, give us a lot of money to send our kids to church. Uh-huh. Um, and so a new recording has been unearthed of her saying that uh, her role is to quote advance God's kingdom. Oh, that's her role in the government. Well, this is prior to her uh, appointment, but oh, okay. it was when she was doing all the school charter, taking money away from school stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, so she wants to advance God's kingdom, yeah. which I-, I wanted to ask you about this, because... Why not just advance the magic kingdom? Let's advance Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and live in the world of Kingdom Hearts. You know, it's so funny that you say that, because right here in my notes, I have, why don't we advance McDonald Land? Sure. I mean, there are plenty of magical make-believe kingdoms that we could advance. But anyway, yeah. as you were about to say... What is God's kingdom? Isn't everything God's kingdom? Uh, um, it, I mean, I think it depends on your particular denomination. Um, I mean, the kingdom of God, it could either be heaven, or it could be Israel, or it could be sort of the body of, of Christ on earth as enacted through his, his, his fingals, his people out in the world doing things. So the kingdom of God can be enacted by just regular people doing stuff uh, in Jesus's name and in Jesus's spirit, etc., etc., etc. If you are a dominionist, the kingdom is uh, basically Christianity ruling over all other things on earth. Okay. Okay. So that couldn't go wrong. Yeah. A religious, a religious, uh, I don't want to say war, I don't want to use the term war, but uh, a conquering, so to speak. Yeah, a, a sort of cultural and spiritual conquering. Could be a physical conquering, depending, uh, you know, I mean, on how much power one amasses and whether or not they have access to uh, the world's largest military. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, so, if you are dominionist, then the kingdom of God is sort of Christendom and uh, sort of forcing the world to Christianize uh, in advance of the end of the world. Because uh, you could, uh, I mean... Well, lo- something to look forward to. Well, yeah. I mean, so, depending on, again, on your denomination, there are varying degrees of apocalyptic uh, excitement uh, yeah. in Christianity. Um, some sects are very interested in the day that the world ends and Jesus gets to come back and set everything right. And so... That's one of the reasons why we don't have to preserve the environment. We don't have to worry about protecting um, the world for future generations because there aren't going to be future generations. Uh, and, and, and the future generations that there are going to be are going to live in a world that has been perfected by God. So uh, we want to drive toward some kind of apocalypse because that apocalypse uh, will in- ensure a-, a heavenly future. So this is a, a situation where somebody might hold a 
a, a protest sign with their demands that just reads Apocalypse Now as though it is a request. Uh, well, they might. Or maybe they just love the smell of napalm in the morning. Delicious. Now, perhaps this clarifies things. Perhaps it doesn't. Betsy DeVos also said, this is a quote, uh-huh. Our job is to figure out, in the contemporary context, how do we get the pig bones out of our culture? No, can't help you. No, that doesn't uh, make sense. Pig bones out of our culture. Um, I guess they're not kosher. Maybe she's going way back. Maybe she's digging into Leviticus. Beats me. Um, I, now, I don't I thought, know what the pig bones are all about. I thought maybe she's making a broth. Maybe, maybe it's a delicious, uh, a delicious broth, and the marrow has already been steeped out. So, uh, who needs the bones anymore? I guess in our culture, I make no bones yeah. about it. I, I don't know what the pig. Bo- I mean, or maybe she's saying that our culture is built on a pig skeleton. And it should be built on, I don't know, a noble giraffe skeleton instead. Wait, is that a thing from the Bible? No, it's the fucking nonsense. Oh, okay. Uh, but, well, that doesn't mean it's not from the Bible. Uh, sure. But, uh, I mean, uh, that we're pig bones. Um, I mean, all I can think of there is that structurally something about the, the culture or the country is a pig, and a pig is a bad animal. Now, you know uh, quite quite well that, uh, that a piggy is a good thing. I... Yes. You love a piggy. Uh, you mean like in the context of going out and photographing uh sure. erotic erotic gay nightlife? A little a little pig play, a little uh wink oink, a little yeah. uh a little uh, slap and tickle. A little curly a little curly tail? Sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Mm-hmm. Um so one theory that I have yeah. is I was reading a thing like literally this is from like 10 seconds of googling, <laughs> but that when archaeologists are looking at uh, early human settlements, if there are pig bones, that means it's that means it's Philistine, and if there aren't, that means it's Israelite. Does that make any sense to you? I mean, I get. I mean, so there's a lot more uh, of early human history than just Israelite or Philistine. No, nope, uh, that's it. Oh, okay. Those are the, those only, are the two only two. Options? <laughs> okay, so like when you're digging around in China and you find pig bones, it means it was a Philistine. Yep. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, they had no appreciation for arts and culture. Exactly. So, uh, okay. Um, maybe, maybe what she's saying is that there are Philistine bones in our culture. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with the pig bones. And now, who is Philistine? Uh, it's Paula Deen's oh, okay. uh, even more racist cousin. All right, it sure isn't her. <laughs> Uh, anyway, moving on to another idiot. Uh, we got Pam Bondi. Uh-huh. She's from Florida, oh, of boy, course. I know, yeah. yeah. So she was one of the people who uh, was opposed to marriage equality in Florida, blah, blah, blah. She's being talked to, to about a high-level appointment in the Trump administration. She's also the person who um, Trump basically bribed her to drop the uh, Trump University case in Florida. Uh-huh. And so... Uh, Anyway, now, uh, this is just yet another official who has kind of staked out a career on taking away marriage protections from LGBTs uh, heading, heading to Washington. She's a real hero. Yep. Good good for her. Good for her. Uh, she's got nothing to say. Well, so there were some nice things to say about her. After the Orlando shooting, uh-huh. uh, apparently she did direct some money to relief efforts and she also helped arrange for funeral homes to dispose of bodies that were uh, not claimed by families so um if you want pam bondi to help you and you're a gay person just get shot 
Well, that's fun. What do you mean by relief efforts? So I get the, uh, the so the funeral stuff I totally understand, but what, what other relief efforts were there well, after? Yeah, there, so there's a lot of fundraising still going on for these families with ongoing expenses and medical care and all that sure, kind of stuff. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. So she was somehow involved in that in a way that I, I don't fully understand and, and also do not fully believe that she knows anything about. Right. Well, I think a lot of people, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, uh, so the Pulse shooting... The yep. narrative is that it was an Islamic radical, right? In a lot of, and a lot of people have made the narrative out to be that it was a foreign Islamic radical who came to shoot our gaze. And so I think that gave cover for a lot of Bondis and Rubios to come out in favor of relief and money and support and stuff like that, because it furthered their narrative that, oh, gays, you've got to support us, or uh, the, the the Muslims are coming to kill you. Yes, that is a pervasive sentiment, that uh, the scary Muslims are coming to get the gays. Uh, and I, I, we don't know, honestly, if that's like, I wonder if on. it was a club in Laramie, right. and a couple of white guys in a pickup yeah. truck shot up a gay club, if it would be the same story, or if it would be something about, like, gay panic. Like, sure. oh, those poor boys were panicked because someone tried to kiss them. Someone provoked them. And so they came and shot up the club, and we don't condone it, but also we kind of understand why they did it. Isn't it terrible that this club was there to... To, 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 to provoke and antagonize yeah. them. These 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 good boys <sighs> who were just driving around in their truck. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, not. To, I mean, obviously, I'm being reductive. I'm being stereotypical. I I don't mean to paint all of. We stopped in Laramie uh, and ate at a Denny's. I think uh, on one of our yeah. Road trips. No, we're not. We're not attempting to slander uh, Laramie. We're attempting to slander. No, we're we're, we're speaking ill of uh, the Republicans who say that uh, Muslims. It's Muslims versus gays. Yeah, because I mean, the guy who shot up the Pulse nightclub. Uh, I mean, I don't know what his religious motivations were. Uh, there may have been some that he had worked up in his head, like people who bomb abortion clinics work up religious motivations in their head. But one thing we know for sure is that the guy was an American citizen, mm-hmm. born and educated in America, um, and it was an American life that 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 did this. So this American life, let's get Ira Glass on the case. Oh boy, yeah, he'd cheer us right up. <laughs> I uh, I just recently interviewed Ira Glass. I spoke to him. You it's, did. It's a long call. And it you talked was. to him for a long time. Which uh, it, it, was he as charming as one would hope? He was a good conversation. I bet he was. Uh, so he was very busy, mm-hmm. um, and also had to get off the call briefly so that he could turn the thermostat up because it was very cold in the room. Oh, uh, but anyway, so I was interviewing him uh, about a bunch of things. He's coming a to Seattle into his life about his american life he's coming to seattle to do a show uh he's actually on tour so he's gonna be coming to a bunch of cities and so i was interviewing him for the arts and culture arts and performance quarterly and the stranger about that and uh so we talked about a show and we talked about the election chris frizzell again was very he's desperate for a smart person to make sense of the politics right now and uh ira was not actually very helpful he was just like yeah of course a bad thing happened we could all see that a bad thing was going to happen no surprise haha the end of the world is coming uh i mean he didn't use those words but um he is not i would say a cheerful man i think he is uh a a realist yeah yeah uh and by the end of the conversation uh, i felt a bit like i was reassuring him that his show is good (laughs) he was like he's telling me about i was coming to seattle and he's got this thing and i'm like oh people are going to be really excited he's like yeah i I really hope so I, i hope people like it i hope people think it's it's worth coming to I'm like, no, I'm sure they will. People seem to like this American life. And he's like, I guess. 
Like, I that's, I all, to... that's all very consistent yeah. with, the, with the point of view and the and the brand. Yeah, uh, I mean, if he was like, uh, "We're tremendous. We're the greatest. We're terrific. <laughs> we're we're the bigliest show on public radio." Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were uh, quoting Danger Mouse. <laughs> the theme song to Danger Mouse. <laughs> we're the fastest. We're the smartest. We're the best. Uh, yeah. Ira Glass. <laughs> Ira Glass. I'll tell you what's not good. Cool. Danger Mouse. When you watch Danger Mouse as an adult, yeah, it does great. not hold up. It's not great. Nope. Does not. I'm afraid to watch uh, Count Duckula. Oh, it'll be even worse, I bet. Oh. But there's James. Yeah. Oh, you'll get it. There's so many good characters on that Shut show. Shut that door. <laughs> okay. 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 So that is a reference to a British comedian whose name I've forgotten, who had a catchphrase. The catchphrase was... Shut that door. Why is that a catchphrase? Doesn't make sense. It's because not funny. Because he was always getting a draft. He was getting a cold because he, he was a mincing pervert. I guess. It's a flop-sweating gimmick. These yeah. are your terms. Uh, not all for right. him, but for another man. For Paul Lind, yes. Sure. I, I had some harsh words for Paul Lind. He did. Anyway, so this was this gay comedian in England, yeah. uh, and that was his catchphrase. And he would say it, and people would roar with laughter. And he always talked about his mother, right? Wasn't he? Was he the one who always had a situation going on with his mother? Oh, maybe. Well. Uh, that might have been Kenneth Williams. I don't remember. Maybe. Anyway, a shut Pompeii. that door. <laughs> yes. uh, what were we talking about? Uh, let's I just talk glass. about a Pompeii. Oh, I don't know. Sure. Uh, it's pronounced Pompeii. Oh. Missouri. Oh. Uh, there's a lawmaker. Misery. Yeah, starring Kathy indeed. Bates. Can we talk about Kathy Bates? Go on. Missouri. Uh, uh-huh. There's a lawmaker there. Representative T.J. Berry. Okay. Sounds Is, like- any relation to Mary Berry? Uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe. Mm. He's got a crumb crisp coating. He's introduced a bill to end marriage, turn uh, all marriage into just domestic unions. Sure. That's my policy, baby. It's a good it's a good use of time. Uh, he's also a deacon. James, what is a deacon? It sounds like a dessert. <sighs> this I'm a little unclear on. I think a deacon. So in the, it depends again on denomination. In Catholicism, I think a deacon is a lay person uh, or, or someone who has not taken religious orders, is not an official member of the clergy, who has certain uh, powers and responsibilities in the mass and also in the community. But uh, you're going to want to look that up because I may be wrong. I, I think, can promise you I won't. Okay. I, I And I think a deacon means other things in other christian denominations do you remember when i told you that there was a church position called primate ah! and you thought i was joking i want to be the primate you are you're <laughs> lancelot link oh secret chimp yep uh so there's the deacon there's the primate uh-huh. god only knows there's the, the platypus sure uh anyway so this this freaking, freaking deacon. deacon yep what how did we both know that i was gonna say that because i could see it in your bush <laughs> uh this the all right the squeaking deacon uh-huh. tj hooker what's his name tj tj hooker why not tj barry uh-huh tv's captain kirk he uh wants to end marriage okay uh so best of luck to him i mean if they want to make marriage be a religious thing and some other union be the civil thing that affects taxes and what i, mean, I don't care whatever who, I mean, who cares? Who indeed? Who indeed? These uh, words mean a lot to people. Sure, whatever. Uh, so, uh, our other piece of, oh God, news this week. Prop 8 might be coming back. <laughs> yeah. Really? Okay. Yep. So, uh, it's still in the California Constitution. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So, it's there. There was a federal order, as you recall. Yeah. There's a federal order that uh, was unconstitutional. I think the order was shut that door. <laughs> 
<laughs> they shut the door on Prop 8. Uh-huh. And people were like, I don't get it. Yeah, well, yeah. Fair uh, enough. So um, there's a editorial in the LA Times this week uh, by a lawyer who was saying that, okay, so if the Supreme Court, we get one guy in, like this Bill Pryor guy, for example, he's one of the conservatives on, on Donald Trump's shortlist. Uh-huh. Uh, so we get him in, and then one of the other uh, justices kicks the bucket. Mm-hmm. We get two in. Now we've got two justices who would likely rule against marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Is this the premise of the Pelican Brief? Is Julia Roberts going to get involved? James. Yeah. I'm going to assume that the Pelican Brief... Uh-huh. Please assume. Underwear made for pelicans. It absolutely is. Now, what is this movie, though? Because clearly it's a movie title. It's sexy. It's okay. a sexy, romantic right. thriller. G- give me the three acts of the Pelican Brief. So, the pelican is arrested for indecent exposure. Certainly. So, this is act one. We're opening, so, like, fade up on a pelican getting a mugshot. Yes. Yes. From from all different sides. Yep. Uh, at one point, he's... Flash bulbs going off. Yep. It's like our transition. Yep. 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 He spits out a fish. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, Hits an officer in the face. The fish has to be arrested, too. Uh-huh. It, it, mug shots of the fish. But they let the fish go because he's wearing pants. Mm-hmm. And so, the pelican's... Okay. Right. Because he's not indecent. Right, exactly. Right. Uh, so this is, this is the vice cops, I guess. They're only interested in indecency, indecent pelicans. Yep. So he's in the jail cell, and uh, Vio starts. Um, now, does he speak English or is he just a pelican? Oh, that's a good question. I think is it in, like the Vlasic uh, pickle penguin pelican? Yeah. So in in the voiceover, because it's a flashback, uh-huh. in the voiceover he just speaks English. Okay. Uh, Who's the voice? Uh, Bob Hoskins. Perfect. And. <laughs> Can we have someone who's alive? Uh, no. Okay, perfect. Uh, it's Cookie Monster. The ghost of- okay, how about it's Bob Hoskins doing the voice of Cookie Monster? No, it's Cookie Monster doing the voice of Bob Hoskins. Even better. Yep. And so, in the VO, he's just talking about, like, uh, and that's the day I d- dedicated myself to uh, the fashion industry. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's how he sounds. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, but in in oh, in can the we actual get Martin Scorsese to direct this in the scenes, he doesn't speak. He just goes ah. Certainly, he's a seabird. Yep. Uh huh. Um, so anyway, then we've got uh, a, a meet cute where he bumps into another pelican. Oh, who, uh, of is... what gender? What's the cloaca look like? Um, uh, it, it, indeterminate. Okay. Uh, perfect. In, yep. An intersex pelican. An intersex pelican, and uh, that starts a whirlwind romance. And that pelican is a fashion designer. You see, mm. it's wearing a very fancy brazier. And <laughs> okay. Uh, so the Bob Hoskins pelican has to uh, work his way into the fashion industry by claiming to be a very prestigious uh, designer. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of, like, bumbling, door-slamming Neil Simon scenes. Yeah. Where they're running around and he he's on the catwalk. Oh. But uh, it's an actual catwalk. Oh. And Wait, this is from Model Land with the catwalk corridor. Oh, meow, meow. Where the women turn into cats. Yeah. I still haven't read that. You need to read it. Maybe. Maybe. We talked about doing a podcast podcast about uh, model land that uh that that might happen someday it might happen but continue with the pelican brief um yeah so anyway and then uh so they uh, they're you know clues turn up about about who the murderer is mm-hmm. and they have to uh sneak into the old castle to what fi- castle Dracula's castle no no no, 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 no. Castle? The, the 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 castle where the murder happened oh, okay. and uh Dust for prints, but the prints are all feathers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then, um, are feather prints unique? 
I don't know. Okay. Well, that's that's an important question. The, mm. the movie will hinge on that, James. So we'll need to do some research. Sure. Um, but uh, so let's say yes. And then he has designed briefs by accident. He didn't mean to. Oh. But now, what, was it a misinterpretation of the brazier? Yeah. A brazier that you put really your legs bad. through by mistake. He's just terrible and so it cups your butt cheeks there's a cup sizes for your cheeks mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and they lift mm-hmm. and separate yes why doesn't this exist matthew why aren't there briefs that lift and separate like a brassiere i think there are oh maybe there are aren't there well i mean i know you separate manually <laughs> yes. you lift and separate just <laughs> with your hands yes oh, uh, no, it's like you... a it's like a manual transmission sure. there's a stick shift absolutely is it's, there ever a, yes indeed uh and now, are we still in act one no James, oh, okay. it's over it's over. Yeah, they got married. Oh, Pelican Brief, starring Julia Roberts and Cookie Monster as Bob Hoskins. No, she's the brazier. <laughs> okay, very good. Anyway. What? Huh? Uh, Supreme Court. That's what the Pelican Brief's oh, all about. Oh, yeah. So we could... So we I get a, I we, don't know anymore. We get a ruling that says marriage is not okay anymore, and then uh, Prop 8 would just come back. Oh. Basically. I mean, I'm skipping a few steps, but basically, Supreme Court, you know. So we get two people on the Supreme Court who would rule against marriage equality. Sure. Uh, our opponents are already ready with a case to challenge marriage equality. And what is the case? Uh, we don't know. They've, oh. But they... I surely have one. Okay. Uh, I mean, it would be absurd is, to is surely have one. The plaintiff surely, yes, surely have one. Uh, she's the pelican, uh-huh. and so they would definitely bring Indecent. a case, and then it would go to the Supreme Court and take a couple of years and cost a million dollars or many millions of dollars. Um, and and we there's a good chance that we could lose marriage equality at the Supreme Court if another case was brought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now it would be unusual to overturn a ruling so soon. It no, would. Not unprecedented, it but would. unusual. Yeah. Uh, a lot of weird things have happened lately, so... Yeah, it's true. I wouldn't rule it out. Sure. And so, yeah, then uh, we get uh, Supreme Court ruling against us, and then the federal ruling that Prop 8's unconstitutional would be thrown into question. That would have to be challenged, and eventually, uh, Prop 8, under those circumstances, uh, there's a good chance that it would come back, uh, because it's it never went away. It's still in the Constitution. Right, and it's California only, but California has a lot of humans and a lot of gays. Yes, indeed. A lot, like, I mean... Let's let's not underestimate. There are a lot of gays in mm. California. Even the cows. That's sure. where all the happy cows are. Oh, you load up scruff, uh, and my goodness, it is just from sea to s- shining sea. Mm. There's only one sea. And you know what the sea stands for? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that's California. Uh, could be getting Proposition Eight back. So look forward to that. Uh-huh. Uh And Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are moving along in Taiwan. December twenty sixth. Okay, that's when it looks like the there are uh, multiple marriage bills, and that they're going to get their next reading on December twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Merry Christmas. Okay. Uh, in s- Taiwan may also be uh, the reason for World War Three. So oh good yeah, for them. so I fun? mean, you know, we may have a civil war in the U.S. over it, but we could have a world war uh, over Taiwan. But wouldn't it be fun uh, if uh, we lose marriage equality and Taiwan gets it? <laughs> Anyway, uh, so new survey there shows that people are about evenly split on marriage equality. Various other surveys have come out that show support a little bit higher. This is just the latest. It shows it almost exactly uh, split. It's uh, 46.2 in favor of marriage, Mm -hmm. 45.4 opposed. Well, so I find that interesting. What do we know about uh, feelings about marriage equality throughout Asia? 
extremely variable. Okay. Um, I mean, but, I know it's a big place with a lot, a lot of people. Yes. Uh, so, um, what I, about like westernized places like Singapore? Um, so there are a lot of, not to generalize, but generally there are a lot of, there's a lot of lingering stigma, but younger generations, uh, I mean, just like everywhere. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, when you say there's a lot of lingering stigma, that's kind of the case throughout the world. But I'm just wondering, like, you know, please like Singapore, Hong Kong, where, uh, in Taiwan, obviously, where their bread and butter is trade with the West and, and countries um, that have legalized marriage equality. Um, are things moving more quickly there? No, I wouldn't say that they are. They're moving okay. at about the same pace as everywhere else. So, you know, there's and there's also... Well, when you say everywhere, I mean, I feel like there's a, a lot of variability between, like... Um, you know, some of the countries in Africa that are executing sure. people for homosexual acts. That's, that's a good and point. And, like, I would... Spain, that is a very religious country, but is also very in favor of marriage equality. I would say that, generally, public opinion is shifting, but not as quickly as it, is, as it did in the U.S. Okay. Um, part of that yeah. is because in some Asian countries, uh, the stigma is around even any kind of discussion about gay stuff at all sure so it's sure. something that's hard to talk about or a lot of people believe that it you know uh it, it, i just interviewed somebody in japan uh, no it was korea who said that uh, a lot of korean people just don't believe there are any korean gays mm-hmm. that it's just a, a an american thing well i mean this may be a, a deeply ignorant thing to say i could be totally off base but my understanding is that ideas about the definitions of heterosexuality and homosexuality and just ideas about sexuality in general are not the same in all places and have not been the same throughout all times. And that one of the differences is that uh, in, in some places, the idea is that having sex with someone of the same sex is just a thing you do sometimes. And maybe some people do it a lot of the time, but ultimately it's not who you are. It's not like a defining characteristic of your identity. So, uh, you know, I mean, gay is a thing that people choose to be in the West, but that, uh, you know, sure, we have people who hump a butt or suck a dick from time to time, uh, do a little sly scissor, uh, ooh, what? you know, in between uh, Pilates, but uh, it, it isn't who they are. It's just a thing they do. And then they go to their opposite sex spouse and produce children and go to work and so on and so forth. But it's not like an identity. Yeah, that's actually very consistent with some of the interviews that I've done with people abroad. Uh where I, I spoke to, was it the person in Korea or somebody in Japan? Now I can't remember. This was a few days ago that I had this conversation. I've been speaking to a lot of people in different countries about uh, LGBT attitudes. And uh, yeah, multiple people told me exactly what you just said, that it's just, you know, something you do. And the gays are the weird ones from America who all have AIDS. Uh, well, okay. So that that is problematic. But I mean, until really stonewall i mean and and the declassifying of homosexuality as a mental illness in the dsm was that not kind of what it was like here as well like a a person might enjoy a little trade on the side Mm -hmm. but i mean like you know oscar wilde had a wife and produced children with her um and he went to a reading jail and he wrote a little song oh i'm in jail and it's so very sad shut that door shut that door (laughs) shut that door um and 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 he died unhappy but anyway um that you know you would have your wife or you would have your husband and you would have children 
Um, but then, you know, you'd, you'd have a little a little munch on the sausage, a little banger in the mouth. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that that's something that uh, any particular country or part of the world has uh, a monopoly on. Just interviewed this guy, Patrick Haggerty, who was in Cuba after the Cuban Revolution. And uh, he was saying, yes, the attitudes there, particularly immediately after the revolution, were pretty hostile to LGBTs. He's like, but so you know, were attitudes in America. It was really bad in America. It's like... He got thrown into a mental institution because he was gay uh, in the in the 1970s. Arkham Asylum. Sure. So, you know, it, it's not like uh, the Western world is so enlightened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, also, like, I, I do wonder at what point, like, you know, because if the idea is to eventually reach the point where your sexuality is not something that excludes you from opportunity and participation in society like i mean does it again go back to being just a thing you do and not such a fundamental like this is what i am i suck dick that's what i am i don't know if i was to go to you know in the in the in the bubble where i'm photographing underwear parties and things it seems like we'll always have that shared bond of wanting to have sex with each other uh, oh, I'm not. I'm, but, not, I'm not saying that. Uh, of course, and I think course. that 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 bond creates culture. Is that culture how how durable is that culture? Particularly in an age where, if you really want to get in your underwear with someone for the purpose of fondling their junk, you can just go on your phone and have like six guys over within a half hour and all get in your underwear and fondle each other's junk, and then just you know go home. I don't know. We'll find out if the world survives. Yeah, it might not. It might not. So right. fondle some junk now while you can. And then shut that door. <laughs> uh, that's about it for this week, I think. Do we have any other uh, business to, to bring up? I want to uh, just say that I wonder... Uh, this is the thing I was thinking about. You know Grover Norquist, the guy who uh, serves food to the blue-headed man in the restaurant? Yes. Uh, no, not that Grover. You're thinking of the wrong Grover. I'm talking about the one with the simplistic tax pledge that uh, he treats oh, people yeah. like children, as though it's Sesame Street. Yeah. Um, where you have to sign a pledge that says, I, as a leader of America, pledge that I, cross my heart, hope to die, will never do taxes ever, no, 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 step on a crack, break my mother's back. Yep, that guy. That's the pledge. So, um, why... Like, so I'm wondering, like, in this era where we've got real questions about, like, who even can we count on to support human beings, why do we not have a similar pledge where somebody has to sign their name to a pledge that says, I pledge as a member of Congress or as a representative of the people of America that I represent all Americans, and I pledge that I believe that, uh, for instance, white Europeans are not superior to any other races, Christians are not superior to any other religion, native-born Americans are not superior to immigrants, heterosexuals are not superior to any other sexuality cisgender people are not superior to any other gender identity uh, you know etc etc going down the list able-bodied people are not superior to uh, people with disabilities etc etc going going down the list and just a you know sort of a just a bullet pointed list saying i confirm that i represent all americans and i believe that no one is superior to anyone else because of these you know men are not superior to women 
Um, no one is superior because of these fundamental traits. Uh, cross my heart, hope to die, I sign it, mwah, mwah Nancy Pelosi. Um, I mean, if Grover Nordquist can hold people to account for saying, cross my heart, hope to die, I'll never raise taxes, why can't the left hold people to account to say, I pledge that I will not treat one group of Americans or, or various intersectional groups of Americans as superior to any other group of Americans? I don't know. That is a good question. And maybe that pledge is out there, but um, I haven't heard of it. There are a lot of groups that ask for a lot of pledges. And I don't I think- want a pledge. Okay. I want Nancy Pelosi to say, I don't want anybody to be superior to anybody else. I want... Uh, d- that doesn't uh, seem like a tall ask. And I also want to put it in front of, you know, the, the, the Trumpies. Like, will you say that you will represent all Americans and that no group of Americans is superior to any others and list them? Like, you know, white people, not superior to people of color. Men, not superior to women. Straights, not superior to whatever you identify as. Um, because regardless of of any any other political minutiae, I feel like fundamentally, like a fundamentally American value is that people start on an even playing field. Um, now, there are problems with that idea, and the, the reality of the even playing field may not be true, but that the ideal is that no one is superior to anyone else. I, I mean, is that wrong? Does that sound crazy? No, I think that sounds good. I'm not sure what organization would be in a position to bring that pledge to them. I mean, Grover Norquist was just a weird guy, right? Didn't he just go to representatives and say, sign this? And I they were like... he came from a group, and then he oh, be- kind of became his own guy. I mean, I don't know. He's the, he's the monster man, but maybe. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe the ACLU would be again, or... or uh... But at least then, you have on record... The representatives who say they will represent everyone without treating anyone as as superior, and you have the people who refuse. And if they refuse, like, why? Like, what is it about this that you don't believe? Do you believe men are superior to women? Do you believe straight is superior to gay? Do you believe cis is superior to trans? Do you believe white is superior to black? Like, it... What? Which of these things do you disagree with? Because if you disagree, it would be good to know. It would be good to just get that above board and on record. Like, what about this? If you can't put your name to it, what about this do you disagree with? Yeah, it would be telling to see uh, not just who declines to sign something like that, but what reasons they give. They won't give reasons. No, well, they won't they answer. Won't they won't answer that. But they'll say something like, oh, I, you know, this is some political trick. I won't be bound to this. Blah, blah, blah. They'll have a, there'll be a million ways to dodge it. But... I think it would be telling, like, if someone can't sign it or won't sign it, then I think that tells you something about them. Just, just my take. I don't yeah, know. yeah, I, 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 I'd sign it. Uh, sure. I mean, let's I think, start with us. Sure. I mean, I think a lot of people. I mean, I think think that's just a fundamental. If you've grown up with the narrative of America, I, I, I would hope one of the values you have received is that we don't believe that anyone is superior to anyone else just because of some accident of their birth or some accident of their upbringing. Um, and if you do believe that, then, you know, I mean, that may be a fundamental disagreement. I would hope so. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the dark timeline of that is that people are like, no, I won't sign this. In fact, I'll sign the opposite that some things are better. And well, but, but then we'd know at least. I mean, no one's no one's going to do that. But at least we'd know if they did. Yeah. 
then what? Then move. I mean, I mean, if, yeah. that, if that's the, like, if, if the Trump administration is like, in fact, we declare that, uh, you know, white Europeans are the ones with a monopoly on culture and uh, it is their culture that needs to be promoted and preserved throughout the United States uh, and any attempts to infiltrate with other cultures or other points of view uh, will view as a hostile act and fight in the education department and whatever. Um, You know, I mean, if you know that, then let's get the hell out of here. Well, before the pig bones start. Yeah, I mean, either either escape before the pig bones start, or at least then there's something to act on. You know, again, this is a this is a very pie in the sky. Obviously, there's a million ways that a politician could decline to sign it and say, "Oh, I don't." You know, this is a trick from the group they put it in front of me. They believe in X, Y, and Z, and they're trying to smear me. Um, this is some manipulation. This is the the media trying to do something. Uh, untrue or, or 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 dishonest or tricky um i mean there's a million ways to to evade actually saying uh i believe some people are superior to other people but like uh, i think a lot of the anxiety around the trump administration that is is well deserved comes from this thing that we we don't you know it seems like they are acting from a place that they believe some People are better than other people. And I would like to know who are the leaders, particularly the leaders on the left, who are willing to say, uh, no, you know, poor people, or rather rich people are not superior to poor people. Um, I mean, yeah, you could take a quantitative view and say they have more money. And so financially they are superior. But in terms of human dignity and rights and worth as, as citizens of this country, there's nothing about having more money that makes you fundamentally more important than someone with less money. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm looking for as well. Who are the leaders on the left who are going to take the take the leadership role in saying, uh, yeah, so American values, American values. Uh, we're or all the center, off. but like there isn't a center anymore. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I would love for there to be a center um, that's taking taking a stand on fundamentally american values and then we can sort of disagree about the minutiae of how we go about achieving those values but i just i don't feel like we have a center so if lacking a center if we need a reaction to the right who are the leaders on the left we've got elizabeth warren and bernie sanders who i know some people pointed out are imperfect but who isn't um but aside from them who who do we have um, well, Nancy Pelosi, I don't really? know. I don't, like, what has she done lately? There's, there's uh, uh, Patton Oswalt's been tweeting really nicely. <sighs> okay. So, there we go. Uh, okay, so we have the rat from Ratatouille. Yep. Okay. The most successful Pixar film. Uh-huh. Um, who else? Uh, we got Guy Branham. Sure. Um, these are all... These, these, are, these are the... So, the leaders on the left are comedians of size of a certain age. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they're all white guys. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know. I don't know. Uh. I don't know if the survey's a good, like the pledge is a good way to to figure that out. But uh-huh. uh, I sure am eager for someone in a position of power to start organizing and making noise and giving people things to do because I kind of feel like you know with with the videos that I'm doing and the, the this podcast. I try to say here's what you can do next, and I I only have so many people who are listening to me. 
uh, I would love for someone with a larger platform to have some action items. Yeah, I mean, you know, I look at social media, and I try not to these days, but when I look at it, I mean, I see a lot of fear, I I see a lot of anger, I see a lot of energy, but I don't see anybody directing it, uh, with with a few exceptions. I, I do not see a lot of people directing that fear and anger and energy in any particular direction. I just see it being aired and sort of, like, released into the ether and and then what? Like, the right took the the Tea Party energy and channeled that into all manner of things. Um, Yeah, where's our Bernie rallies? Well, I mean, there are still a lot of... I mean, Bernie's still able to draw a crowd and people still listen to him. And, I mean, bless her heart, Hillary needs... Like, if Hillary wants to take a rest, God, oh God, she has earned it. Um, and, And I don't know that she... Yeah, should be taking a leadership role in this moment. But, but like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know who should be taking a leadership role. I just did an interview with uh, the delightful Ryan O'Connor from the Lady Watch podcast. And uh, he was saying that, so he worked on the Hillary campaign in Michigan. Michigan mm-hmm. And he's like, as far as I'm concerned, I still work for her. So if she says, hey, I need you to uh, make some calls or, you know, he's like, literally the day after the election, I was like, maybe I'll just show up at her door and see if she needs help unpacking or anything. Yeah. Like, he just wants to help her or whoever, mm-hmm. whoever. So I guess, uh, you know, keep I mean, I an eye out for that person, and if they come along, great, and if not, we're just going to have to, I don't know, pick somebody. Sure, and I bring up Hillary not because I think she's, you know, a perfect avatar for the next four years, uh, far from it, um, but but I just don't know who. I, I know the names Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Cory Booker? Oh, here's one. Here's James. Shh, stop okay. making noise. Uh, Kamala Harris. Okay, tell me tell me about her. I've she's, seen her name. What, tell me about her. She's the AG of California. Uh-huh. She's great. She uh, was instrumental in getting marriage equality back in California with all the, the Prop 8 stuff that was going on. Okay. Uh, she is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got some things that I do not feel totally comfortable with. She's gone after um, sex workers in a way that I don't think is productive but yeah i mean but nobody's I, perfect i, I and just want to stop you for a second there because the the imperfect ally thing like like the right embraced trump yeah like the so let me stop you and say trump. that i think that she's imperfect is a good sign okay so yeah um i'm looking forward to having an opportunity to vote for kamala harris you don't uh, for president oh okay not, not we for, don't live in california no anymore. no 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 okay. not, i don't want her to be attorney general of california for the rest of her life i want her to be the the next woman who runs for president uh well okay i mean i don't i don't know enough about her maybe that will happen what in the meantime though because like between now and 2020, uh, a lot of harm could happen, and I, I, we can't just be waiting and waiting for the next on one. the next president. Um, well, in the video that I just did, I have an action item. That I've got a phone call you can call to ask your representatives to oppose Trump's appointees. It's one eight four four USA zero two three four. So that's something you can do right now to oppose Donald Trump's uh, really horrible appointees. And sure. I mean, he's just going to replace him with other horrible appointees. But we well, can at yeah. least give our representatives the political cover that they need to say we're going to oppose you for the next couple of years. Right. And I guess also the um, with the appointees and with the, the just the administration and the incoming president, like, seriously, the conflicts of interest are just not an issue. Uh, the the the. 
like we had basically a Watergate style break in into the DNC and the leaking of all their information. And like, that's not an issue. Like, I just, I don't know what's an issue anymore. Cause it yeah. seems like what's you know, actually going to stick. What's going to cause problems. Yeah. Like making deals with leaders of foreign countries to build hotels in their countries, uh, at a favorable rate or to get them to stay in your hotels. That seems like bad. It does seem like a conflict of interest. And in the past, I feel like that would have been, that would have been such a big deal. Why such is that a not big a big deal, deal anymore? Like, I don't, like, not, like, I on, like, I don't get what's, like, what rises to the level of a big deal now? Okay. I literally don't know. Antagonizing a nuclear power, not, not a big deal? I think once they're actually in power, there's going to be a new normal, and eventually we'll figure out what that new normal is and what the oh, rules boy. are. Okay. But well, I mean... It's going to, it's going to be rough. Uh, that new normal, like... Oh boy. I mean, like that's uh, wait for the new normal. Um, sounds like there's some historical precedent for people waiting for a new normal and the new normal being pretty bad, uh, not just for the country where it happened, but for the whole world for, you know, in the country where people were just waiting to find out, well, I guess we'll just find out what rises to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. I guess we will. Oh boy, I'm glad I have Final Fantasy to play for a little while. Um, so that's it. We just wait to find out how bad things get. Hopefully not. Hopefully, uh, some leadership emerges that uh, gives us something to focus on, rather than our sense of impending doom. Some leadership will be real nice, and I think that's what I was getting at with my with my uh, pledge scheme. Is just uh, can we identify the leaders? Can we empower the leaders? Who are who are the leaders? Who is leading? Yeah, uh, I would like to know. And listeners, if you have a sense of that, I, I mean, I like Kamala Harris, but I'd like to hear what you think should be happening, and who we should be listening to, and who are good people who uh, ought to have who we should be giving attention to. Uh, so you can tweet at me at Matt Baum on Twitter. Uh, you can also leave feedback on the show on iTunes as always. It's always lovely when that happens. You can get my book defining marriage on Amazon for the stories of people who fought for marriage over the last 40 or so years. Uh, there's also my podcast, the sewers of Paris, where I talk to gay men about entertainment that's changed their lives. I've got some fabulous Christmas episodes coming up, uh, and, uh, end of year reviews that are actually optimistic and will make you feel good. And of course we've got our project playing with pride, uh, where we talk to LGBTQ gamers. Uh, you can find that at playingwithpride.com. Uh, sign up for the mailing list there. We've got some pretty exciting stuff in the works for you coming out soon. It's playingwithpride.com. Uh, and then, uh, I think that's it for this week, James. Anything else we want to complain about? Puppy mills. Don't buy your dog from a dog store. Yeah. Oh, God, that's the worst. There's a great documentary, two great documentaries on Netflix, you guys, you should go watch. Uh, one is called Second Chance Dogs, uh, and it's about dogs that have been rescued from puppy mills and rehabilitated, and it's wonderful. And the other is called um, The Pooch Who Looked at a Car. Uh-huh. Nope. What's it called, James? What's it called? The dog and the robot yep because there's a dog and a robot in there the line in the living room is the cat one but what's the dog one what is it the leopard in the lavatory you think a dog is being equated with a leopard yes okay the dog is the leopard of the lavatory that makes sense anyway you guys uh go look up dog documentaries on netflix because there's a couple on there that are pretty good yes uh dog's life i think it's called
Oh, that's nice. Yes. I like that. That's the life for me. Oh, that's right. That is the title because when you when you put it on, that's what I said. Yes. That's the life for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, by the power vested in me by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. Meow! <laughs> <laughs>